Welcome to Guess of the Year. I'm the host, my name's Mike. Today we've got five deadheads from around the country competing for a $50 gift card to REI and a spot in next week's show. Here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year their performance is from. Contestants, who are all in video chat to prevent any possibility of cheating, can submit their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two deadheads standing will have a best of three series to determine a winner. We've got our three-time returning champion Luke here with us, and we'll meet the rest of the deadheads in a moment. But first, let's hear the first song. Without further ado, The Grateful Dead. Guesses are in. It was Tennessee Jed at MacArthur Court at the University of Oregon on January 22nd, 1978. Robert Hunter came up with the lyrics to Tennessee Jed while walking around Barcelona. Ed, Luke, and Craig all got it exactly. Ed, we'll start with you. Ed is 48 and he's from Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Ed, what'd you hear there? Um, well, I kind of knew the show actually. Um, because I'm very familiar with the show, but uh, I knew in early 78, you had the Jerry laryngitis period and you can hear it on his voice. Um, so these, this is right after he, he, he started singing some songs post that, you could still tell he has like a little bit of raspiness in his voice. And then obviously, you know, uh, you know we had Donna coming in on the, on the, uh, the chorus, so. Yeah, she kind of came in with a little assist there towards the end. Ed, how'd you get into the dead? Uh, in the uh, early 90s, I saw them the first time at MSG in 91. Um, uh, and then saw them with Jerry, you know, 70 times or so um, until 95. And then uh, I had two older brothers that were into the music and uh, and got me into it. So, and me and my twin brother. 
Wow. So did your twin brother go to 70 shows too? Uh, he went to a little bit less. I, I, I went to college in Colorado, so I got to see some more West Coast stuff. Um, he went to college in Wisconsin, so I didn't get to see as much stuff. Wait, so you went to 70 shows. How did you manage to do that? Um, by not doing that great in my freshman year of college. Um, and then just saw a lot. Um, just, you know, I was hooked once I saw him in 91. Um, I saw him a lot and just couldn't get enough of it. So saw a few tours. Um, yeah. You just drive around. You like had, had a car and you just follow him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I did. I would do like the West Coast swing for like um, Seattle, Portland and Shoreline once. And I did like uh, Memphis and, and Alabama and Atlanta, you know, just some runs like that. And then, you know, whenever I was home in, I saw New York, New Jersey, um, every time they played in Colorado when I was there. So that was a few. So, yeah. Well, good instincts there to like just go for yeah. it and not do so well in freshman. I, I, don't, I doubt you regret average freshman year grades at this point. No, I bounced back. It took some time, but uh, I'm okay now. <laughs> it was worth it. Welcome, Ed. Thanks for being here. Craig is 52 and he's from San Rafael, California. Craig, you guessed 78 exactly. What'd you hear there? Actually, something similar to Ed. Um, it was, uh, you know, you could tell it was the late 70s. You had Donna come in. Um, <clears throat> I didn't think that Keith was too high in the mix. So early on, I wasn't sure. Um, but then when you heard the Raspy Jerry, um, yeah, I kind of honed in on it. I also did have that MacArthur Court tape myself. Um, so <laughs> I did, I kind of figured winter 78, that was as good as I was going to go for But yeah. So you had the actual tape back in the day. I did. Yeah. I, I had MacArthur Court. And the funny thing is I was, my daughter just started at Eugene, um, at U of O and I was stumbling around the campus, uh, this summer after I dropped her off and I, literally bumped right into MacArthur court. I was like, get out. <laughs> Did you indoctrinate your daughter into the dead? Uh, you know, both my kids, it's sort of an osmosis thing. Um, I, I, you know, I never really pushed anything on my kids um, mm -hmm. other than, you know, <laughs> some, some guardrails, but you know, <laughs> as far as music goes, yeah, it was just, there was, it was always in the background. And so, um, yeah, they picked it up. I think my son is more into it than she is. She probably knows more than she realizes, but. And so when did you start getting into the dead then? Um, probably fall of 86. Um, my friend Neil, this is in Baltimore, which is where I was raised. Um, my friend Neil had just come off one of the 85 shows. I think he was at Hershey Park. And, um, you know, we, he gave me a couple of tapes and um, I just rolled from there. I mean, I started seeing shows in 87 and um, actually moved out to California in 93 to see more shows. <laughs> just specifically that was a huge factor you're saying or that was the factor or i mean if i'm being honest like yeah we came out here to see a higher concentration of shows i mean i was about to get married and i didn't want to live in pittsburgh which is where she was from and she didn't want to live in baltimore and we just graduated from university of maryland terrapins and uh you know we, we were like what should we do we're like let's go see more dead shows and we'll go to california so that's what we did so she's on board. She's on the she's on the bus as well. I mean, she was. Yeah, we saw a ton of shows together. Unfortunately, we're not together anymore. But I was miraculously remarried to someone who's also did it. So. Whoa! It seems like maybe not a coincidence. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. I was definitely shopping in the right store. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, 
So did you get a chance to go to Terrapin Crossroads a lot? That's actually where I met my um, my new wife. Yeah. And wow. I saw I met her at a JGB show and I knew I was going to meet her. I was telling my friends for months, I'm going to meet my new long term partner at this show. And sure enough, I did. So, uh, yeah, we we probably saw honestly, our crew was always there. We probably saw 100 shows in the great room. Um, so and then I just moved to San Rafael, which is funny. So after all these years, I followed the dead to San Rafael, too. Um, but there's so much live music in the North Bay. It's terrifying or not. We're, we'll be fine. All right. Thanks, Greg. Really glad you're here. Thank you. Luke, you also guessed 78. You also go to the next round. Anything you want to add to their explanations? Um, yeah, similar to what uh, Ed was saying, I was actually familiar with it, maybe possibly even being the, this Eugene show you mentioned, or that it is. Um, it's one I've listened to a lot. It's a Dave's picks, not as cool as having the actual uh, tape trading tape back in the day, but one of my more listened to 78 shows, so it sounded a little familiar. Um, and kind of cool thing about this show, actually coming out of the, in the space segment, Jerry plays like the tones that uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, like that they contact the aliens with those tones. He, he had just seen the movie and he did those like notes during the space segment. And then it, I'm pretty sure it goes into a really sick St. Stephen after that. Um, but great show. Good pick. Luke, welcome back. And Craig, actually, did your tape sound noticeably different than the, like the Dave's picks recording that I just played? Well, you know, we could spend hours talking about this subject. Um, you know, I, I mean, I still have my, tapes we could go head to head i got a nakamichi right in the other room um <laughs> i don't listen to them very often um but i've got them and i have put them on and the thing is i mean obviously if you were comparing a cd to it you know some people don't have a huge preference for all the sounds of the daves and dicks picks um there's some really well balanced tapes out there and this 78 is one of them um and uh I, I couldn't say off the top of my head, but I will tell you, if you play a tape side by side with digital, the tape always sounds better. I mean, the compressed digital sound is just, you know, 10% maybe of what the original sound was. So um, I love my tape sound, but I, I don't listen to them anymore. <laughs> so what do you listen to now? How do you listen? To oh, them? I mean, I honestly like mostly archive and then some Spotify, you know, I'll, pick up a Dave's or a Dick's pick or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm mostly, I'm, I have a dead bass that I've had for a million years and I leaf through it pretty regularly, um, even to this day. And a lot of times I just find stuff in there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go find that. You know, you just type it out. The archive's like a dream. I mean, when back in 1988, when I started getting tapes or 87, that's like a freaking dream to have every show on the archive. Uh, Michael. Michael is 46 and he's from Hinton, West Virginia. You guessed 1976, pretty much on the money. What'd you hear there? I was actually thinking it was a little bit later, the rasp in Jerry's voice. And I was thinking about a decade later. And, and then I heard Donna time. I was like, oh, I got to back up. So I, I kind of got thrown off, off kilter for a bit. So, And Michael, when did you get into the dead? I got into the dead in high school. Um, a couple of friends of mine, they, I don't know how they wound up with a bootleg. And I was just like, the hell is this? You know, I was listening to Motley Crue and stuff like that at the time. This was just something completely different. I mean, I got no exposure to anything like this where I was living. And it just changed my life instantly almost. So you grew up in West Virginia? Yeah, yeah. Grew up in a little tiny town. Same town I'm in now. So. Hinton, small town? It's 
population of about 4,000 people. Any other deadheads? A very, very small <laughs> crew. <laughs> but, oh, that's but, so cool. Wait, so you get this tape and everyone, I understand that time period where everyone loved like whatever, yeah, Molly Crew and all that, uh, like hair metal or whatever it's called. And, right, yeah. And, and so, and then you hear this and you're immediately like, I like both I, of them or like I've moved on to the Grateful Dead. Fuck it. I was like, music was just fun, but they, that this one like spoke to me. Like there was something more there than just, you know, partying and girls. And <laughs> it was just, you know, something there. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And the, the magical, the way, the way Jerry played that guitar, it was just, whoa, I didn't know it could do that. <laughs> so what was the dead stop that was closest to Hinton, West Virginia? Ah, the, they played Huntington, West Virginia at one point in the 70s. I saw them at Landover, Maryland in 93. It was my first show. So October 13th, 93. Nice. 94, excuse me, 94. And uh, I made four, four shows. My last show was the Deer Creek Gate Crash. I had a ticket <laughs> for the record. <laughs> I was at that show too. What happened Life. there? I, I don't know that one, that story. Oh my God. It was, it was horrible. I don't. I don't really know what happened outside because I was in the show. There was just too many. There was too many people gas. outside, basically, uh, and yeah. they just forced their way over. And then police started shooting tear gas, and then the next show got canceled. The second yeah. night of Turkey. So while this was going on outside, were you aware of it inside? Were, were people aware of it? Oh yeah, you could see. Oh, really? Like at one point, people were looking like towards the end of the field, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I turned around and. I just saw people like coming over the fences and boards flying in. And I was really enjoying myself at this show. So uh. it was like, whoa. <laughs> and, but yeah, it was, it was a, and then every state trooper in Indiana was there at the end of the show. It was nuts. Did, uh, did like Jerry or Bob address it? <sighs> no, uh, not, not during the show. Hmm. They kept the house lights on under the, under it that night because jerry had a death threat on him I death believe. threat yeah yeah so they kept the house lights to see if anyone was like holding a gun or something yeah apparently they had like undercover fbi agents and stuff in the front row like to protect jerry michael welcome thank you michelle is... yes <laughs> <laughs> michelle is 41 from las cruces new mexico and michelle you guessed 93 i think you got tripped up by jerry's voice I totally did. Yeah, it was really raspy. And, and I did hear Donna, but I thought maybe it's like one of those rare one-off shows where someone else came in and sang. Cause there's, I mean, I was like, would it be Bonnie Raitt? I don't think so. Like maybe it was just something I was totally out of left field. Completely tripped me up. I'm super bummed, but it's, and then I was like, I don't know 93 very well at all. So I'm going to guess 93. Totally. Uh, well, and Craig said off. it was the piano is super low in the mix, so it was like that wasn't helpful at all either. No, I couldn't hear Keith at all, and Jerry just sounded. I mean, the only clue was Donna. I should have picked up on it, but I'm not familiar with '78. I mean, that much either. I listened to '77 a lot. I mean, you know, that yeah, that just that took me for a loop. Well, how did you get into the dead? 
my first show was Rat Dog in 97 at the Sunshine Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I was 16 and I was in high school and my boyfriend at the time took a couple of us up to Albuquerque from Las Cruces because that's about three and a half hours south. Uh, we're right near El Paso actually, um, El Paso, Texas. And we went to this rat dog show. I had never heard of um, Bob Weir. Like I had heard trucking and a few dead songs because my boyfriend would play them. But I just remember uh, looking around the theater and seeing everybody dance in unison. And I, I was just blown away. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, what band is this? And then obviously I got more and more into the Dead Saw, you know, further that next summer. And then saw a lot of Phil and Friends shows in the late 90s and early 2000s and, you know, the other ones. And I, I've basically seen every other iteration uh, as much as I could. <laughs> I lived in Northern California too for a long time, partially to be near the shows. Got to see a lot of shows at the Fillmore, um, the, you know, the original Fillmore and uh, yeah, Warfields, a lot of Phil and Friends shows at the Warfield. Met a lot of like uh, old school deadheads that were still hanging around San Francisco and kind of taught me the ropes and just, you know, it was like a, like a culture a vibe like a way of life I was totally blown away by the community um of the dead community and so yeah I, I didn't see shows for a long time um until dead and company actually till like 2021 um I just was doing other stuff getting degrees and having kids and stuff so <laughs> I didn't go to shows <laughs> I still listened but I didn't go to shows as much and then uh, my husband took me for our anniversary to Dead and Company, and I was like, "Yes." I mean, Mayor's not Jerry, obviously, but the, the vibe is really good. And Mayor, I mean, he's awesome. I, I like his guitar as well <laughs> and singing. Uh, what, so you've seen every iteration post Grateful Dead. Do you have a favorite one that stands out as the best combination? Uh, you know, I think um, the other ones with Warren was my favorite prior to uh, Dead & Co. with Mayer. And then I've got to, I got to say, I mean, his Althea, like Mayer's Althea, just uh, wow. Like he gets Jerry's, uh, like his soul a little bit. I mean, I don't think he does all completely. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But in Althea, he's channeling some of that Jerry um, blues that Jerry can do so well. Dead Co.'s deal is also excellent, I think. Yeah, and Bertha. I actually had a funny story at at, at um, Dead End Company in um, Boulder this summer. I was walking around Pearl Street right before the show and a dog tripped me and a sign came down on my head. And we were walking around Pearl Street like hours before the show started. I'm with my daughter who's 19 and it's like gonna be her first show and my husband and um, you know, I got injured pretty badly by a sign that fell. And um, there was like blood streaming down my head. It was so crazy. They're like, we've got to call the paramedics. And I'm like, no, I've got to get to the show. Like, it's my daughter's first show. Like, paramedics, what are they going to do? They're like, no, they've got to check you out. It's a head injury, ma'am. I'm like, okay. 
so they convinced me to go to urgent care. I'm sitting in urgent care and they're like, um, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I've got to make it to this show like before the first song. Like we have an hour. So they stapled my <laughs> Oh. I had six staples. They stapled my head. My 19 year old daughter's like, mom, it's okay. We don't have to go. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we drove from Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's your first show. Like I'm fine. We're going to go to the show. Um, so they stapled my head and we made it before the first song. And <laughs> Oh my God. That's, <laughs> that's so my metal. best. Yeah. So mad. that's right. It is. It's my what best. Was the first song. Yet. Oh my God. I think Bertha. I think, I think it was that uh, first okay, night yeah, of, yeah. uh, yeah. Mayor opened with Bertha and then into good love. And so, you know, sick <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. I love that story. Michelle, your role. Thank you so much for playing. Yeah. Thanks guys. Good luck. All right. Let's play the second song. Right, the guesses are in. It was West LA Fadeaway at the Charlotte Coliseum on June 17th, 1992. The song was inspired by and first performed shortly after John Belushi's death in 1982. We had two people guess 91, one person guessed 93, so they're equally one year off. Craig, we'll start with you. You guessed 1991. Why 91? Well, I was debating it. Um, I definitely heard Vince. Um, so I was sure it was a post 90 post Brent, but, um, I was trying to tell if I could hear Bruce in there. I went 91 because I thought maybe I did hear him and I know he continued into a couple of 92 shows. I don't remember for sure if he would have played at Charlotte, but, um, maybe he wasn't on there. I just didn't hear enough. Um, so yeah, I went 91 thinking it was, a I had a Bruce in there. Luke, you also guessed 91. Did we hear Bruce in there? You know, I, I was thinking I heard Bruce, and maybe it's one of these shows with him, but yet that was having the same debate. So I, I was thinking he was there, so that's why I went with 91, but it seems like it could just be a Vince-only show as well. Maybe this is something the host could have looked up before, you know? 
Um, but here we are. Okay. Anything else you want to add, Luke? Love the groove of that tune. Always a good one to dance to. I like it. Definitely. Yep. Cool. And that's it. Ed, you guessed 93. You're also on in the next round. Why 93? Uh, I heard Vince. Um, so I figured it was, it was going to be in that range. And, um, and also Bobby's, uh, rhythm guitar playing has kind of a distinct sound at that time too. Um, so I'm not surprised it's 92, but I figured it was 92 to 94. So just went in the middle, give me the most leeway in case I was off by a year. Smart. Michael, you guessed yeah. 87. I did. I was and you're like, I'm sorry to see you go. What, uh, <laughs> what would you say 87? The, the beginning of it, it just seemed it's just a little disheveled at the very, very intro of it. And I just, I don't know why I went that way, that route. Just, I knew that there was a few shows in 87 that I've listened to that I, were a little off and I thought it was, might be in there. I just thought very, just took him a second to wrap it up to, so, hey, I had a blast. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Cool, you guys, good luck, have a great night. Okay, Ed, Craig, and Luke are vying for two spots in the best of three series for the $50 REI gift card. Luke, you already spent your three gift cards already, right? Yeah, I got some hiking boots and a pair of pants. You know, it's like all these sales are going on and shit right now, you know? Did, so you got to take advantage, unfortunately. You got you to gotta play the game a little bit. So you're, you're, you have to start over now. So now you're look back to the water bottle territory. So you have to, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're building <laughs> back up from here. <laughs> wow. Good old fashioned rebuild. All right. Well, we'll see though. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what Craig and Ed have to say about that. All right, let's play the next song. Thank you. 
All right, the guesses are in. It was Lost Sailor at Berkeley, California on November 2nd, 1984. This show featured the last Casey Jones for eight years, and the song was played only four more times after that night. Some of these facts are sort of fun. I thought that was pretty fun. So yeah, only eight more times after 84. Luke was closest in 1982. Luke, you secure your spot in the finals. Talk to us. I should have went with my gut in that because I was listening to a 1984 show earlier um, and it sounded like a 1984 show. Um, but for some reason, I just, you know, Lost Sailor, you think of it as like an early 80s, like, you know, 79, like sort of staple to the set. So I just minused a couple years from it, I guess. <laughs> That's about it. Craig, you guessed 81. You're also on to the finals. What'd you hear there? Well, I was struggling with it. Um, it was Brent's keyboard that was where I was honing in on. And because Jerry's voice, we didn't get to hear. And it was, it's sort of a, a tip off for the eighties for me. And so um, I was struggling. I almost went 85 at the very last second. And then I'm like, I went with my original guess, which was 81. Cause I heard a little bit of that extra funk on the keys. And obviously I should have gone 85. That would have been closer. So yeah. Well, you're on to the finals. Ed. You guessed 1980. I'm really, really sorry. One year off of Craig, who guessed 81. Brutal way to lose. What'd you hear? Same thing Luke was saying. Like I thought 79, 80, early Brents when they were playing a sailor scene, it was such a staple. It just, you know, I was, I knew it was like the first half of the eighties and, and it just, I know when we're down to three guys, it, 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 you have to really be on top of it. And my gut told me 80 or 79. Um, instead of a few years later. So, Ed, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, let me let me share real quick before I leave. Picture with Jerry. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Wow. Uh, for that those is so listening cool. at home, yeah, Ed has got this picture of him sitting wow. with Jerry. Who? And what year was that, Ed? Uh, that was 93 in, in Atlanta. How did that happen? So the other guy in the picture is uh, my, my older brother, and uh, he lived in Atlanta, so I was visiting him to see shows. And his neighbor worked at the front desk at the Ritz-Carlton, which is where the band was staying. And we said, if you see him, you know, give us a call. And, and he calls us. He's like, he's in the lounge. My brother lived like a minute away. We drove over there. We walked in. He met his friend. He's like, he's back there. And we walked in. We turned to the right. We didn't see him. We're like, oh, no. And then I looked over my shoulder, and he's just sitting there on a the couch. And I was like, oh, my God. So we went over, and we, we chatted with him. and took one picture and he's like, Hey, why don't we take a second one in case the first one didn't come out? I was like, yeah, let's do that. And, uh, it, it's still like, that's a blown up one. It's one of my greatest memories. So insane. What'd you guys talk about? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was like overwhelmed. So I had seen a show the night before. I think I said something about the show and just how much his music has meant to me. You know, I couldn't even, even 20 minutes later, I didn't even remember what I said. It was just sort of a blur, but was happy the picture came out and uh, it was just uh, happy to share it with you guys because you guys are uh, awesome. I think that means you actually uh, won the game there, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I think, he's, I think he's right. Uh, good luck to you guys. You guys are awesome. So You're awesome too. Thanks, Ed. See ya. Thanks, thanks, for thanks for doing the show. Thank you. Oh yeah, thanks, Ed. Thanks for coming on. Craig and Luke, we got a best of three series ahead of us. Let's play the next song. 
All right, the guesses are in. It was Fire on the Mountain at Lakeland Civic Center Arena in Lakeland, Florida on May 21st, 1977. Fire on the Mountain was composed by Mickey Hart. Props to Mickey. Craig got it exactly in 1977. Luke guessed 78. Craig goes up 1-0 in the series. Craig, why 77? God, Phil's bass is what I'm going to go with there. Um, it had that distinct sound of that spring of 77. I mean, Jerry's voice is just like butter. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, was, I was going with 77. I think by 78 for me, and I, I was – I was right on the edge there with maybe going 78 because there was a tiny bit of a little Bobby slide I heard there. But I think by 78, it was more of a Coke fest and the fires were a little, little bit more fiery than that. Um, so that was why I stuck with 77. Amazing breakdown. Luke, you were one year off. Why 78? Yeah, great uh, breakdown by Craig. Um yeah, I was thinking 77 did 78 at the end just because that little Bobby slide thing, you know, maybe that's like a proto Bobby 78 in that 77 fire on the mountain that, uh, you know, kind of I went off down that road here in it, but uh, definitely has that more like Craig was saying 77 that, you know, more of that feel has such a great groove going on with that one where I could see maybe it's, it's less coked out than a 78 version for sure. All right. Craig's up 1-0 on the series. Craig needs one more to win. Luke needs one more to tie and keep his streak alive. Let's play the next song. I woke a day Built inside a bed The covers were still warm Where you been laying You wake up Mine was filled with dread You might not be sleeping All right, the guesses are in. It was Looks Like Rain at the Starlight Theater in Kansas City on July 3rd, 1984. Bobby claimed that he had never been in love when he wrote Looks Like Rain and that he just kind of guessed at what being in love felt like. Luke, you guessed 1984 exactly. What'd you hear? As I said, uh, a little while ago, I was listening to a, that Greek Theater 84 show today, actually, the second set with the Dark Star Encore. So I was letting a little bit of that, I guess, uh, year seep into my uh, consciousness a bit. So maybe that helped me. Brent's keyboard tone of that year, like that like kind of electric piano Wurlitzer thing he has going on, I, 
I guess maybe he has that more than 84, but it made me kind of think that year. Um, other than not being able to hear Jerry, you know, it's, it's always, Bobby sounds, you know, kind of like Bobby almost all the time throughout the 80s. So it can be hard to pick out it looks like rain. So just went with a gut on that one. Have you ever listened to the Bobby isolated guitar from the Greek theater show? Yeah, yeah, that YouTube video that's just his guitar. It's so cool. Weirdest yeah. guitar player ever. I remember going to those, uh, I, I think it was maybe in like 2018, maybe when there was those Bobby and Phil shows and kind of just hearing some of those songs with like, just like, like an Althea or something with just Bobby doing his part and Phil, it was just like the most, it was like a noise rock set. It was like so far out and weird. Such a cool guitar player. I remember that, but I didn't like follow up on the setup. So was it literally just the two of them? They have a drummer? Or a uh, piano or? Yeah. So they had like a percussion sort of guy with them. Um, but a lot of the songs were just Bobby and Phil. And then in each uh, city they played in, they had some guests. Pretty sure the show I went to in Boston, um, those people who played with Levon Helm and, and uh, sometimes play with Phil and friends, his name's escaping me, but they joined as a guest. He played in Bob Dylan's band as well. Larry Campbell. Thank you. Yes, he was a guest. It was cool. <laughs> cool. That brings us to Craig, who guessed 1982, two years off, very close. Why 82? Yeah, I'm struggling with these mid-80 mid ones. Um, I, Bobby's voice sounded young. Um, that It is tough to place Bobby in the 80s. I, I agree. Um, you're really pushing us with these non-Jerry options. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just again like i keep trying to hear that brent keyboard sound that makes me think of the early 80s and i'm obviously missing it so <laughs> all right it's tied one one uh next one wins let's play the song this matchup was a world series <sighs> all right the song was it's all over now baby blue at the shoreline amphitheater on june 16th 1990 the song is originally by a band called them from belfast and van morrison 
was its lead singer. Luke, you guessed 1990. Uh, you have four peated now. Craig, you guessed 1989. Again, you're <laughs> one year off. Absolutely brutal. Luke, 1990. How'd you know? Um, I think I was just maybe that synth sound Brent Brent had. Um, maybe it was a extra tone he had going in 1990. Uh, a little bit of Jerry's vocals didn't have that crystal clear, you know, lucid like 89 clean Jerry vocal sound. Um, I, but I was going all over. At first, I thought it was 88, and then I was at, convinced it was 89. So, I, you know, it was it was a guess on my part for sure. A little bit of that uh, Phil bass tone, though, actually. I talked about last week on a 1990, 1991 one. I, you know, kind of heard a little bit of that going on as well. Got it. Well, congratulations. Craig, you guessed 89. Knowing it's 90 now, are you able to pick out anything in particular that you missed? Uh, no. I, you know, I'd have to probably go back and hear some of those just to listen. You know, it's not the late 80s and into 90s is not what I listen to the most. Um, it was right there. I mean, it could have been either. Uh, I think Luke makes a good point with Jerry's voice. Maybe just it was a little cleaner in 89 um, than it was in 90. I mean, again, we're splitting hairs there, but, you know, congrats, man. You freaking nailed it. And uh, the four the four P champion moves I on. I guess so, work, man. man. <laughs> Goodness. Um, so, Craig, you say you don't listen to that era. What era do you listen to mostly? Well, I do listen to 89s just because um, I was fortunate enough to see a bunch of them, including the Warlock shows in Hampton, which, you know, is kind of my favorite concert memory of all the shows I've seen, which is a lot. And um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, 90, 91, you start to get from, you know, into Vince and then into Bruce um, and that tail end of Brent, 89, 90. It's, you know, it was a guess. I mean, what can you do? So you kind of straddled that era of, you know, end of Brent into Vince and, you know, even Bruce. Do you have a favorite piano player that you saw and also just overall? Oof. I mean, you know, Bruce did something that nobody else I saw did, right? He pushed Jerry in a way that just made those 91 shows so much fun. Um, but Brent, you know, is the closest to my heart. Um, because of the soul he brought and he just had a lot of fun sounds on his rig over the years. Um, so it's, it's a tough call um, between them. And you know, the thing is, I mean, we didn't get any pig pen on this show. I love that era as well. Um, I love some TC, you know, 69 Tom Constantins. Um, and it's funny, we were fortunate enough to see him. I came out for New Year's 89 and he was playing at the old psychedelic shop in San Francisco. And we were like, what? And so we went over and there was only like, they were probably 75 or hundred of us in there. And we got to see Tom Stanton play solo. So that was pretty cool. I, I couldn't pick one, honestly, maybe it'd be Brent just because he came in with me and he had all that soul, but I love all the eras. So it's a tough call. Craig, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you guys. And uh, best of luck to you, Luke, in the future. And this is a great game, man. Appreciate you doing it, Mike. All right. Subscribe to Guest the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For show updates, follow us at, at Guest the Year Show on Instagram. And if you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments, ask questions, email us at guesttheyearshow at gmail.com. For the fun facts today, I relied heavily on dead.net, Dead Disc, Grateful Dead of the Day, and their commenters. Thank you to them. Actually, thank you to Wikipedia, especially this week. 
Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made the show possible. Thank you to Dylan, who's been drawing the posters. Amazing posters who are on our Instagram. Congratulations to our four-time champion, Luke, and to our other contestants. Thanks for playing, and remember, it's all one song anyways. Good night. Good night.